Hi, this is the Robberator. You can support my Mad Grab for Power and the Sword and Laser podcast by going to patreon.com slash sword and laser. Hey everyone, welcome to the Sword and Laser. I'm Veronica Belmont. And I'm Tom Merritt. Sword and Laser is a book club, but it's so much more. We bring you author interviews, news from the world of science fiction and fantasy, and awesome discussions from fans just like you. And our new popular segment is What Are We Nomming? Nom, 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 nom. Boop, 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 boop. What are you nomming on, Veronica? I had tonight uh, vegetarian Chinese food that we got That's in Vancouver. That's very vague. What are you hiding? <laughs> I'm hiding that I'm also drinking wine from a box. <laughs> <laughs> I, knew I don't it. remember the name of. <laughs> I knew it. Well, but but when you said vegetarian Chinese food, like it, it was, were there a type of dish? Yeah. I'm not expecting you to remember names of dishes, but like you know, was it like black bean and noodles or? Yeah, we had. Um, so all of this is vegetarian. So I'm just going to name things and assume they just have our vegetarian. So mapo tofu. Mm-hmm. Um, there was like a like a garlic steak or no, what was it? Like a tofu it was like steak? A, it was like a steak. It was like a steak, like sliced steak, steak quotes pieces with, um, like a like beyond a, meat style steak. Yeah. yeah kind huh, of like, or like something like that with like a, like a black bean sauce or mm-hmm, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, spinach noodles. It was basically like lo mein, but made mm-hmm, with spinach noodles. Mm-hmm. And those are really tasty. Um, some lotus root, Mm. and I can't remember what else. Um, string beans. Yeah, it was really good. Yeah, Pretty that good. sounds that sounds really good. Uh, mm-hmm. I had broccoli Alfredo pasta. Ooh. Made was, in your machine? Made in my machine. Made by a machine. <laughs> machine made broccoli Alfredo pasta. I don't know. I just assume everything's made in the machine now. Uh, because most of the stuff we eat in the evenings made in the machine. But basically, our meals on any given day are likely to be sardines, brown rice, and kimchi for lunch, and something made in a machine for dinner. I'm glad you're getting your omega-3s. Oh, my omega-3s are off the charts. My, I went to my doctor this morning, and she was very impressed by it. She said, your omega-3s are still great. She was like, like, too many. It's like, too many. Like, stop bragging. I'm like, you're reading my results. I'm not bragging. Yeah, that's cool. Good. Well, we are well fed. And yes, I have graduated to the wine in a box. Uh, it's actually the best wine that I've bought from the BCL since yeah. I've been here. It's just so I'm not wine mad at it. Box. It's a wine box, girl. All right, let's jump into the quick burns. Robberator pointed out that Esquire did a profile on Brandon Sanderson. So if you are a fan of Brandon Sanderson, you're going to want to gobble that up. Go check it out. Esquire.com. We'll have a link in the show notes as well. I didn't get a chance to read it, so I have no comments on it. Uh, But Mm -hmm. I know, you know, Brandon Sanderson uh, is probably the world's greatest living fantasy author right now. The, uh, The article starts out. This is my dream, Brandon Sanderson says. We're 30 feet beneath the surface of northern Utah, in a room that feels like a cross between a five-star hotel lobby and a Bond villain's secret base. My ears popped on the way down. Sanderson points to a grand piano, (laughs) the shelves filled with ananite fossils, the high walls covered in wood and damask paneling, and his piece de resistance, a cylindrical aquarium swirling with saltwater fish. George R. Martin bought an old movie theater. Jim Butcher bought a LARPing castle, he says. I built an underground supervillain lair. 
From the moment I introduced myself uh, until we sat down for the interview, Brandon Sanderson began, finished, and published three novels. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wait, that's not in the Esquire article. I just made that up. It is not. It is not. But I'm looking forward to reading this. But it might be true. Might be true. Could be true. Thank you, Robert. Jan says from Locus Mag, the Audio Publishers Association has announced the 2023 Audi Awards winners. Uh, Best Science Fiction Audiobook goes to Intergalactic Exterminators, Inc. by Ash Bishop, narrated by Scott Brick and Suzanne Elise Freeman. And Best Fantasy Audiobook goes to The Monsters We Defy by Leslie Penelope, narrated by Shana Small. And not the also nominated Legends and Lattes. Just That's for that okay. part. I'm congratulations okay. to the monsters we defy. <laughs> Absolutely. And Seth also added the winners of best male and best female narrators were both for fantasy fiction titles. Also oh. best female narrator was Rosamund Pike for the eye of the world written by, of course, Robert Jordan published by Macmillan audio and best male narrator went to Seth Nurmrich for fairy tale written by Stephen King and published by Simon and Schuster audio. When you, when, when you, when, when I read that, I hear, Published by Simon and Schuster Audio. We hope you enjoy. Published by Macmillan Audio. We hope you enjoy this audio recording. Uh, yes, congratulations. That's awesome. And uh, just just joking around, but the boo. I I'm. We'll talk about Legends and Lattes a little bit later, but I'm really enjoying it. So I feel very partisan. Feel very defensive. You feel very passionate. Yes. Very like protective. It should win all mm-hmm. the things. Um, but not at the expense of others. Uh, from tour.com, uh, Paramount Pictures sorry, is adapting. Tom. Tom. What? Yes, yes. That's how winning works. No, no, not is anymore. Is that the expense no, of others? No, that's how winning used to work in our generation. These days. Oh, these days everybody wins? Everybody wins. Everybody, everybody wins. wins. And oh, if they nice. don't, then we riot. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> that was dark. <laughs> uh, from tour.com, Paramount Pictures is adapting One Italian Summer as a movie. Rebecca Searle's 2022 novel about a young woman who, after the death of her mother, runs into the 30-year-old version of her late mother during a trip to the Amalfi Coast they planned together. And uh, Paramount secured the rights after a bidding war. Okay. This sounds mm, kind of paranormal-y. It's more paranormally, perhaps, than, than sci-fi-y or fantasy-y. Yeah. But Cool. Sounds good. I'm always uh, into new stuff. I don't know why I didn't put the credit for the person who submitted this, so I'm trying to find it now. Uh, I I love those. I'm a sucker for those kinds of stories of like uh, you show up somewhere and someone from the past who shouldn't be there is there. Are you crossing the time streams? I guess that's one of the reasons I like the plot of our of our um, January book or January. What what month is it? March. Our March. March. Book. You know, because March. Crossed the streams. Crossed the streams. The the, the the plot of the March book. You you know what I'm saying. Our current book. No, we just we wrapped it up. The last episode. Oh, our last book. Oh, you. It mean had the time crossing. The time crossing. I was like, I don't. I think can't I'm try to remember along. names of books while I'm trying to look up people's quick burns. Uh, what was our book last month? Under Fortunate I'm, Stars by Ren Hutchings. Thank you, thank you. To chat, do that. <laughs> <laughs> you no, did that with I your did brain. It. <laughs> um, fantastic. Um, ooh, I'm looking at the uh, the box wines that were published in here. No, none of these are the box wine. My box wine has a lab. It's from Spain, I believe, and it has a black lab on the box. So if you can find the picture of the the box with the black lab on it, the red red wine, 
red, that's the one. Red wine. Red wine. I, it was from Jan. I mean, why wouldn't it be? But it was from Jan. Jan was the one who who said that it was the Paramount thing. Okay. Guess who had the next one? Jan. Jan. You guessed right. <laughs> All right. Jan says, according to uh, Variety, Warner Brothers, uh, sorry, there's no comma there. According to Variety, Warner Brothers is near to closing a deal to adapt the Harry Potter novels as an HBO Max series. Yeah. What? Now, I, Why? I, I heard a rumor that they were going to reboot the books. Um, it doesn't say that. It just says a Harry Potter television series. But then I don't know what you would do if you don't. Do the books again? Maybe but like then based why on? Would, yeah, like in the world of. <sighs> I don't know. I don't know. It's based on, according to Bloomberg, which was first to report news of developing talks, the project would be directly based on J.K. Rowling's best-selling book series, rather than an in-universe spin-off, spin-off such as Fantastic Beast films. So Each that, season would reportedly draw on one of the books, suggesting okay, an ongoing franchise that would stretch go. for years for the studio. Now, this is a little to me, to my mind, and this this analogy won't work for everybody, but it's a little bit like when the sci-fi Dune series uh, came out. Mm-hmm. Back then, there was no Denis Villeneuve Dune, so you were saying, well, they they had the the one that David Lynch made. That was a movie, and then we're doing a mini series around it. So it kind of feels like because these books are so so wide ranging, they decided to do a whole series. I, you know, those those movies are iconic, but I'm not against this. I'm not I'm not against revisiting the story and giving it the attention it deserves, especially because those later movies. I mean, they had to split the last movie into two parts. They they get they tr- they get bogged down trying to cram all the stuff from the books in and and the TV series pace might be better for this. An interesting take I think they could do would be to (laughs) give the perspective of like other kids at Hogwarts, like while all this stuff is happening, like just pick another kid and like follow their story while like Harry, Mm -hmm. (laughs) like Hermione and like Ron are just doing their thing and be like, Oh, the, those three, um, though I will say for, like a Riverdale kind of, uh, take, is that how almost. that went down? Not exactly, but, but you're, you're looking at the wider world of Riverdale in Riverdale. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, I will not be watching this on principle, um, because I think JK Rowling is a garbage person. Um, but that's just me. That's not judging anyone else's likes or dislikes. Um, but I think she's the worst person possibly on the planet right now. A few exceptions aside, a few exceptions aside. Um, so that's, this is not for me. Um, but I'm curious just what angle they take it from. And then Elizabeth, uh, announced that the book depository is closing sad book depository is an international online bookstore. Um, probably didn't get enough attention, which may be the, the reason why, uh, you'll be able to place orders up until midday, April 26th, 2023. And after that, they will no longer accept new orders sad yeah i mean last week we were talking about new bookstores opening this week bookstores closing it is Mm. a difficult industry to be in for sure um yeah 
I don't that's have it. Any, yeah, I don't got nothing. That's, that's all we got. That's sad. It's we had, we just had a podcast last week, so it's uh, a little thin on new stories in this episode. Um, so, but thank you to the people who did submit stories. If you want to have your story read, head over to the Quick Burns thread over on Goodreads, or hop into our Discord channel. Um, we have one specifically for Quick Burns section. All right. Well, now it is time for Bear Your Sword, which is our feedback from the audience. Terp Kristen says, I haven't seen a thread started yet, and I wanted to comment on the Pokemon cookbook, so figured I'd start the thread. I haven't seen the actual cookbook, but many of the recent Pokemon games have gotten away from just having berries for Pokemon. In Sun Moon Ultra, Sun Ultra Moon, you go into cafes for malasadas, which I think are kind of like donuts. Correct. They are. Uh, In Sword Shield, you make curries for your Pokemon. And in Scarlet Violet, you make sandwiches. All of these things are things that make your Pokemon love you more and such. So if the cookbook had recipes for things like that, count me in. I enjoyed the show as usual. Thanks for keeping it up for so long. You're welcome, Terp Kristen. Sadly, I don't think that's what the cookbook is. Someone else in the thread showed that it was not. Uh, But I want the cookbook Terp Kristen imagined. I want this cookbook. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I like that idea. That would actually be super creative and really fun. Are there different ones that you can make? Are there like different ones with higher point values that like regenerate your Pokemon in different ways? That would be pretty neat. All right. And then we have one from David who came to us over email. Dear Veronica and Tom, if you both like hot, spicy things, I found Sting and Linger at www.stingandlinger.com at a local street fair. The ghost pepper is hot but there is still enough flavor that it's not all pain. Best, David. Yeah, uh, I don't know. Probably not for me. I don't like to eat spicy peppers just to eat spicy peppers. Um, but I don't know. I, I guess I should look at this. Uh, and I see. do. I I prefer to eat spicy food that it, where it accentuates the taste. Uh, I'm not, I'm not a, I'm not a, like just in it for the burn, which I'm not judging. If you're in it for the burn, then that's awesome. And yeah, this looks like for folks who are just in it for the burn, three pack of salsa, you think this, you think this, this sting and linger is just in it for the burn, but he says it has flavor. Yeah. Well, it might be good. So a true, a true pain, no gain sauce is da bomb. Um, so if you are, if you are a fan of hot ones, yeah, yeah. um, yeah, the the bomb is 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 infamous for for being just basically a pure capsaicin delivery method, <laughs> delivery system. Yeah, that's, it has that's no not my redeeming thing. qualities. But if that's your jam, go for it and <laughs> sing and linger. Straight like, like acid, like, like battery acid. Yeah, go for um, it. I like I I for fun I do I do enjoy adding the extremely extremely hot sauces to other foods to give them a kick. So like one of my favorite snacks is sour cream mixed with Dave's insanity. Mm. And so I use that to just, I just, I love that like euphoric hallucinogenic property. <laughs> it's, it's like, especially when I used to get like really bad cramps oh, or if I'm uh-huh. like, it Capsaicin would really is a pain help killer, with like so, a pain. Yeah. It would really, or if actually if I'm very nauseous also, or I'm sorry, is it nauseated? If I'm feeling nauseated, mm-hmm. is that the right way of saying it? I believe so. Um, then I will eat extremely spicy food and that makes me feel better. Um, and headaches, migraines, spicy food always helps my migraines. So I, I, I do love that stuff with the, with a super hard kick. I have a question for you. Yeah. 
you can take capsaicin in pill form so that you get mm-hmm. the uh, physiological effect, but you don't taste the burn. You don't have the burning mouth. Does that lose it for you? Are you like, no, no, I need to have the whole experience. I like to get the sweaty. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Like, uh-huh. I wonder if the capsaicin in pill form, I've never tried that, if it like still gives you like the butt burn <laughs> later. I don't know why it <laughs> like, wouldn't because it's still going right? through your digestive system, It's still going right? through your system. Yeah, yeah. So to me, that's even worse because you're getting like all the negative, like you're not getting any well, of the fun stuff. some people consider the burning mouth the also a negative. So uh, it right, depends on yeah. how you look at it, I guess. That's okay for me. All right. All right. Um, all right well, thank you. This is, uh, I have a whole like Google search yeah, David, history of the, different. Thanks for the recommendation. Um, there's, a, I have a particular favorite spot in, that was in Austin on, on 6th. Um, oh my gosh, I'm forgetting the name of it now. But I used to buy a lot of stuff there and bring it back with me from South by Southwest all the time. Um, but now I'm I'm going to get like the Hot Ones collection because there's a few places in Canada that sell that stuff. Nice. So we'll see how it goes. I'll let you know. Good stuff. All right. Well, let's check in on our book of the month. Uh, this will be a non-spoilery discussion of Legends and Lattes by Travis Baldry. Um, yeah, we have a whole, uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm only about 40% of the way through right now. Did you finish already? No, I haven't finished either. Um, especially cause I, I got interrupted by life events, but mm-hmm. I wish I was, fin- <laughs> I, I am glad I'm not finished, but I wish I had had more time to read enough. But trying to say is I really enjoyed this book. Okay. <laughs> like, so you're like, you just I didn't need wish to you were find finished. excuses to read it kind I of see. book for me. Yeah. Okay. Um, I don't know if I'm not far enough in it yet for this to be happening. And I understand this kind of goes against the concept of like a cozy book typically, but the, (laughs) I'm going to feel really bad saying this. I enjoy this book. I like the characters. I like reading it. I'll just preface it with that. The low stakesness of everything going on in the book up until where I am right now, at Mm -hmm. least is like making it really hard for me to focus. <laughs> like, it's one of these books where I'm like, I read it and I'm like getting ready for bed and I'm all snuggled in my blankies mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I'm like ready, you know, to get into the book for a little bit. And I'm just instantly asleep, like instantly like, I'm, Oh, this is nice. Oh, they're having cinnamon rolls. Yeah. And I get you, right? It's like, it's not that you're too not cozy. enjoying it. It's too almost cozy. that it's too cozy. Exactly. Yeah. So I'm hoping um, there's maybe a little action on the horizon. You should drink a latte while reading this book is mm. what you're saying. Keep you up. At 930 at night. Yep. Yeah. Uh, no, but, but what you're describing is what I love about it. I, I love that it's low stakes. I mm-hmm. love that the danger is, is real, but it's just kind of hanging out. And it stops by and is really polite. <laughs> like it's not, it's, it's not, it's not grim, uh, but it's, but it's also credible. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, I've, I've tried to stay very far away from, from any kind of spoilers, but, but yeah, I, uh, I, I love the cafe life in real life. Uh, and I love it just as much. I also love that Travis Baldry 
very clearly is taking elements of cafe life and making sure that he fits them into this world that he has created. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that That's fun to see. If you're, if you're a cafe goer and you're like, Oh, I, I know the gaming couple and I know the working couple. But and the I one know, guy who yeah. brings all his work, but yep. doesn't order anything. Yep. Yeah. Yep. All of those <laughs> stereotypes are going to go, are going to appear. Uh, yeah, this is good. I'm, I'm having for sure. A for time. sure. And speaking of which, Jan uh, started the conversation again about what are we nomming, but this time for Legends and Lattes. We did not read this one, right? Like, this is a different what are we nomming thread from ChatGPT, right? Right? I, okay, yes. Oh, is this new? Is this a new one? I, sure. It's yeah. from March 31st. I think it is a new one. I think it has to be at March 31st. Unless we read it last our week. Our last episode was March 29th. Okay. No, our last episode was last week. Yeah, which was March 29th. Yeah, okay, so that thread was called Noms. Yes. And that one was by Trike. So this, it, mm, no, different one. Okay, but we, I, we did not read this thread in the last episode. We couldn't have. It would be literally no. impossible for us to the have read The only this. thing that Jan posted about this book was about the other 10 cozy fantasy books like Legends and Lattes. Okay, so this is new. believe me when I tell her what day we report on. This I don't believe this, myself, is, Tom. This I had to independently confirm. <laughs> Veronica doesn't believe that March 29th comes before March 31st. <laughs> Time is a flat circle, my friend. <laughs> There's all Time kinds of ways circle. you could have done it. It's true. It's true. Good point. I don't. I told I'm a couple couple glasses into the box wine, Tom. (laughs) Numbers have no meaning. I see. I see. That makes sense. All right. So Jan says, well, if sword and laser, if any sword and laser pick is appropriate for a what are we nomming or what are we sipping, it must be legends and lattes. So what are you eating, snacking, drinking, sipping while reading the novel? And because it's 2023, I have again, again asked ChatGPT right. so for a cocktail and baked goods suggestion for accompanying Excellent. legends and lattes. So he has a little asterisk here, and I wonder if it's because. Okay, so legends and lattes oh. has came come come out since before ChatGPT was indexing. Yeah, they they, they limited ChatGPT's index to two year old information. Right. So even for four, is that still true? Because I've, I've heard yeah. conflicting information about GPT-4. I don't, I, I wouldn't want to say, but I, is my okay. understanding okay. that GPT, the chat GPT public face, uh, whether you're getting paying for it or not, which is whether you're getting four or not, is still limited to older info. Mm-hmm. So then it's making a good guess about what it thinks Legends and Lattes could be about. Uh, so uh, yeah. for this cocktail recipe, uh, Jan has the martini. Orchiato, orchiato, orchiato. Ingredients, one shot of espresso, one ounce vanilla vodka, one ounce amaretto liqueur, one ounce heavy cream, chocolate syrup, and whipped cream. Oh, man. <laughs> that sounds I'm going to have to so skip dinner, good. but it sounds amazing. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And then for the comforting baked good, I offer you orcish oatmeal cookies. Whoa, what makes them orcish? Let's find out. I don't know. It's just basic. The, the, all the ingredients look pretty. Uh, there's nothing green in here. Yeah, there's nothing. It's a flour, baking powder, baking soda, salt, cinnamon, butter, brown sugar, granulated sugar, large eggs, vanilla extract, 
old fashioned oats and ra- these are just oatmeal cookies. They're just oatmeal cookies. This is but what, what you theme parks do. do. They do regular things do and they put a name on them. So you think you're getting princesses peach add a cobbler, cup but of frozen spinach. So this is, I make, all right, hold, stay with me. So I'm <laughs> stay with me here. So stay with me. So I make, I make Grinch muffins for Julian every week. Okay. And they're just banana muffins with a few cups of frozen spinach in them. And I swear on my life, you cannot taste the spinach. Okay. And I'll share that recipe if you're interested, but they're like, they're like healthy muffins. Like they've got all the normal muffin stuff, bananas. Yeah. And they, but they've got a, a metric shit ton of spinach in them also i used to put so spinach really in spaghetti sauce thinking the same thing and i was instructed in no uncertain terms to stop putting spaghetti i <laughs> put also spinach put in spinach in his spaghetti sauce <laughs> so yeah <laughs> i think the difference between your child and my wife is that my wife didn't grow up eating it <laughs> uh yeah yeah you're not supposed to trick kids into eating vegetables. Like you're supposed to just show them, give them vegetables at every meal. There's no law. And like, there's no law. They can't tell me what to do. Yeah. He's got to get iron somehow. Yeah. Um. And so I put the spinach in this food and he doesn't notice. And and we also practice the other vegetables. You stuff. grind it up That's though, okay. right? Like, uh, yeah. 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 It's blended. That's the thing about the spaghetti sauce is it wasn't ground. I bet if I ground it, she might. It's still going to make it green looking. Yeah. It's still going to be greener than you want. But it didn't. Yeah, Mark, mm. those are those are what they look like. Mine are even darker green because I yeah. use a lot of spinach. They're mint. Yeah. <laughs> if you Google Grinch, Grinch muffin, Gr- Grinch mm. breakfast muffins, they come with an aspect of like um, cream cheese frosting that I do not include um, just because we don't need that right now. But in the future, maybe. Anywho, that was a tangent. Sorry about that. Um, so there's a lot of good, uh, a lot of good options here. We've got um, some people are eating like oaken is uh, made of pumpkin seed and anise biscotti, Ooh. which looks amazing. Tasty. Oh my goodness. Uh, Charles says this book has me drinking so much coffee as I read. I find myself surpassing my usual one cup a day. That's amazing. I'm at three cups right now. Um, so I'm not usually eating at night, um, but I am having. Before bed, my local ice cream shop does seasonal ice creams, and right now they're doing a carrot cake ice cream, and it is very lends itself very well to this vibe. It's got like carrot cake, and it does have some of that cream cheese frosting element to it as well, which is my favorite part of carrot cake, and it's ice cream. Highly recommend. That sounds amazing. Yeah. Are you eating anything special for this or is it just part of your normal no, day-to-day workflow? I, I have uh, craved a latte <laughs> quite <laughs> nice. a bit. Yeah, but the cinnamon roll aspect of things has not necessarily swayed me. I have not been craving those for whatever reason, but I definitely- Do you, I Are definitely you a cinnamon have, roll person? I like them, but I don't love them. Mm-hmm. When you pass by that place in the mall, what is it that that Cinnabon? I always, I'm always like, oh, it smells nice, but I don't get like pulled in. That's kind of like a. That's like that's yeah. I mean, but they're doing that on purpose. Yeah, coffee and croissants. I'm with Elizabeth. Even though it wasn't one to one, the baked good. I was like, yeah, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll I'll eat some. It's making me hungry. Just not for so. That. Do you think that um, he's making like little 
like like Oaken mentioned, like little biscotti that are like the hard. Yeah, I think so. The, the that thin was, bits. That, I mean, we're getting a little bit spoilery uh, talking that. But, I just said he. But yeah. Someone's going to make baked goods eventually. Somebody's going to say shop, like, sorry. wait, but it's a spoiler <laughs> that there's a biscotti-like baked good uh, in existence in this world. But yeah, yeah. No, I think that's it. Okay. Just making sure. All right. And then um, speaking actually of, of uh, Oaken, um, this is a funny thread. I got a kick out of this. He says, I hate to pour cold milk into everybody's latte. <laughs> I like, an iced okay. latte. Yeah. You wouldn't you would yeah, you wouldn't want to do that with a with a hot latte. Um overall I enjoyed it, but does anyone else feel like things in this book are a little too perfect? I get the cozy part. Um but overall it really glamorizes the service industry. The feeling of a job well done, taking pride in your work, building a business from the ground up, leaving behind your current unfulfilling career, a metaphor for leaving the corporate rat race, and doing things with care with your own two hands. But it still portrays the long hours of work and sacrifice, the challenges and adversity overcome as a badge of honor. Not just Viv's hard work, but nowhere was it more blatant. Okay, then I don't think this is spoilery. I think it's spoilery. You do? Yeah. Mm. Well, okay. put it this way. I don't think hardly anything is spoilery. So I have learned to set my spoiler meter very high because people get upset about very small things saying, oh, but now I didn't get to discover okay. that on my own. Then I'll leave out that part. But basically, Oaken is saying there's very few customers who are like, I want to speak to your manager. Like there's no Karens and Chads. Um, um, so I think like, it would not that... be unspoilery to say that Oaken is criticizing the fact that they don't talk about pay and wage as much. But then people come back and say, like Ruth says that, no, it was um, Lisa says that Viv is actually paying her employees. So I think that is mentioned that Viv does pay her employees. Um, but yeah, I, you know, I, I haven't gotten any any like Karens yet. There's no Karens at the coffee shop as of yet. And I do feel like that's a pretty... Typical experience. I mean, oh, we've both been, worked service industry jobs. There's been complainers and whiners and stuff. Uh, I guess there haven't been any anyone like really causing a scene. Uh, mm -hmm. Having worked in retail for a long, long time, those exist. I'm not oh, yeah. not here to say they don't, but they don't. They didn't happen every day. Uh, and so, to me, uh, it is a little bit like saying like, yeah, we all know this happens. Uh, it would be a less pleasant book if we spent a lot of time on that. I also not finished with the book. So maybe it happens later. Maybe it does it, but it's not essential to the story we're telling. We're, we're telling the story of an orc, uh, leaving behind as to the, like d portraying service work as honorable and a badge of honor. Isn't that good? That's a good thing. Like, isn't the problem in this world that we portray valuable jobs like this as not being good, as being crappy? Isn't it good mm -hmm. that we have a fantasy that's saying, hey, this is decent work and it should be in a good place. And if you have a good boss, it can be fulfilling because that's true. And I've experienced both sides of that. So I don't know. I, I don't know that that's a bad thing about this book. I personally feel like it's a, a point in its favor that it's not saying, yeah, and everybody who 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 does service work is, is going to have a miserable life. Like maybe it's pointing us to the idea because it's a fantasy that it doesn't have to be that way. If you work as a cocktail waitress, you're probably having a bad time. This is not a cocktail bar. I'm just going to put that out on there. purpose. 
<laughs> on purpose. No, I think it's a it's a fair point. And that and she didn't want to start a bar. Remember, she wanted right. to start a coffee shop on purpose. So mm-hmm. so this is not telling the story of the plight of the cocktail waitress. This is telling the story of a coffee shop. Those Maybe are separate issues is what I'm saying. Write that like, story. like also yeah. this isn't telling you all kinds of other crappy jobs that are, are almost always bad. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. A well, cocktail thank you. bar would be grim dark. Says Tamma. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> I definitely wanted to commit a few murders when I was a cocktail waitress. That's for sure. Yeah. But uh, that's not, again, I, I, th- oh. I feel one, like I like how this one really riled you up. No, I'm so interested in what's going on here. Well, because I feel like we, we, the collective humanity are getting into this habit of never seeing, always looking for the bad and everything and not looking for the mm-hmm. good. And yes, there is bad that that doesn't mean you can't say like, Hey, but maybe there's a positive in the story. I don't think that that we need to find the bad in the Travis Baltry story. Uh, it is meant to be cozy, and I don't think showing a good working environment, a healthy working environment, is a bad thing. And it would be you'd, you'd have to do a lot of work to convince me that this is in fact insidious, uh, or that it's somehow working against the interests uh, of, of people. I'm, I'm just I'm just not buying that. Wait, which part is insidious? That 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 this depiction of the coffee shop leaves out you know the horrors of wage slavery. Oh, which is where yeah, other I, people in the thread go. I see. Okay. Because I feel like that that took it out into a different context that I think I was not well, picking up. There's from also this a part that we didn't read because it was employees, but uses the mm-hmm. word slave mm-hmm. to describe mm-hmm. one of the employees. So it's right there mm-hmm. in the in Oaken's post as well. Um so yeah, mm-hmm. it just kind of rubs me the wrong way, the the sort of knee-jerk negativity uh of it. I see. Okay. Well, thank you for that perspective. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. And then finally, this one, this one. It was like a a very touching post, I think, from Ruth um, Tiltab, who said, uh, I had a different experience from most who've read this book. Although I overall enjoyed it, I found myself feeling more unhappy and, well, the opposite of the cozy vibes while reading it. I lay the blame for this entirely at my circumstances and not at the book, which I gave four stars. I recently, kind of, but not really, which is somehow worse, lost my job. And I'm left with the difficult task Mm. of managing my depression while looking for work and all the miseries that come with this. Uh, A book that is very upbeat and full of positivity might seem like a good choice to get me through this, but it had the opposite effect, which made me wonder, Mm. when is the ideal time for a cozy book? For me... I think this book would have been a delight to read if I had been in a good place in my life. I think that when you feel comfortable, a book that is cheerful with a very go-after-your-dreams vibe is pleasant and inspiring even. Inspiring, rather. But when feeling the opposite, the positivity is something my brain will resist and fight against. Hmm. What about others? When would you say is the right time for a cozy read? First of all, I'm so sorry that you're going through a rough time. That sucks. I hear you on that. Um. And I relate to that a lot too. And I think, I think societally that's pretty common. Like, haven't we, didn't, haven't we talked in the past about how like when times are a little more dystopian, dystopian fiction kind of like picks up and when times are good, like positive utopian fiction picks up in a way, like it kind of goes with the vibe of the world. Is that true or is it the opposite? It's, it's, <laughs> I, I feel like it's more, uh, it steers against the turn, right? So mm-hmm. when things are going well, 
we start to get more uh, obsessed with grimdark and stuff. And then when things turn bad, we stay there. Uh, and then we start at the, uh, like getting tired of it and start getting good things and then good things happen. I don't know. Uh, it, it, it sort of doesn't quite match up perfectly. Mm-hmm. Cause I'm trying I, to, you I, know. I, I get where Ruth's Sorry. coming from where, you know, <laughs> for me, I don't like to drink when I'm down. Some people that's when they drink. You know, that's you drink what I out. drink. Yeah. Uh, m- me, on the other hand, I'm like, I'm already down. Why? I don't want a depressant to bring me down. So, you know, it's just different reactions. I have a different reaction from Ruth. Uh, I've been having some really crappy stuff in my life, too. Uh, and this cheers me up. This takes me away. It lets me escape that. Um, mm-hmm. But that's why I'm always saying everybody brings something different into the book. Uh, and I get the sort of allergic reaction she's having, which is like, how can you tell me everything is fine when it's not like, that's perfectly reasonable. Yeah. I'm trying to think about like what I gravitate towards when I'm feeling, I typically just like gravitate toward escapism period. Um, but I think like, maybe I'm a little bit more the opposite. Maybe I'm not as aligned as I thought I was because I'm thinking about like the worst years like, you know, the most stressful years of my life. And that was probably like early pandemic. And I could like, couldn't watch Walking Dead anymore, for example, Mm -hmm. or like shows like that, because it was just too, too much. Like I couldn't pile on to that stuff. And I had to like escape in other ways, but I definitely can understand why there would be like pushback for something that's trying to make you seemingly feel better. And you're like, I'm not, I'm not ready to be in that headspace yet. Like I need to like be in this feeling for a little bit longer. Like wallow is a very negative word that I'm, I'm not trying to say, but like something like sitting with those feelings for a while can kind of like, yeah, yeah. You just want to sit in those feelings for a little bit and just like be in that space, that headspace. And it's, it's, you know, you can get out of it when you're ready. Christy said it very well. Uh, everyone's different in terms of what they need in hard times. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, and I used to be someone who would try not to feel things during hard times. Um, and I'm not even saying I was wrong like that. I may not have been able to deal with the real emotions. And so trying not to feel them is a bit of a survival mechanism in that, that kind of situation. Um, but as I've gotten older, I now realize that I just need to let myself feel and give myself permission to feel that. And like you say, just sit with it and kind of let Mm -hmm. it roll through you and not react, you know, not don't do anything wild. Um, and then, and then, yeah. And then, then that, that keeps them from festering and coming out later for me. Do not recommend box wine as a solution to your <laughs> deepest, darkest places. It's not a prescriptive. It's not a prescription. Not a prescription. No, yeah. no. Okay. No, can't recommend that. Good to know. But thank you for sharing that, Ruth. Yeah, I, yes, I, Ruth, I do I hope, hope things that turn around for you really fast and hang in there. We all do. And that kind of wraps it up. Hopefully, you are all, you know, in general, enjoying our cozy read and and you know, getting it's the weather here right now in the Vancouver area is perfect for it. It is chilly. It is raining. It is just like the the most wonderful kind of like cozy reading weather in my mind. So I, I'm looking forward to diving back into the book later tonight. How about you? 
Oh yeah. Um, probably going to listen to it right as soon as I get a chance to read anything. There's some other things I got to do uh, before then, but yeah, it'll. The Tom first recorded I... approximately 35 podcast episodes today, so he's <laughs> he's got a lot. He's got a lot of work to get done. <laughs> and Sugar has a new single coming out, so there's all. I don't know what that means, but it sounds delicious. I'm gonna go make uh, Jan's cocktail. And yeah, well, without the espresso, perhaps maybe I'll mm. make that for my morning cocktail. <laughs> for your morning cocktail, whatever makes you feel better, Veronica. I don't have Veronica. a problem. I promise, I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm just like trying to figure out like when the best time for an espresso martini is. I guess that's, that's, a, that's like, an afternoon. That's a weekend afternoon drink. That's a weekend afternoon. We yeah. have it early enough to not yeah. like, like have the caffeine kick your butt. Or Saturday okay. afternoon. All right. Yeah. Thank you for that guidance. Sure. <laughs> our show is currently entirely funded by our patrons. Thank you all to the folks who back our show. If you want to help support us, you can head over to patreon.com slash sword and laser. You can also support the show by buying books through our links. Find links to the books we talk about and some of our favorites at swordandlaser.com slash picks. Send us an email feedback at swordandlaser.com. We are on Instagram and Twitter at swordandlaser. And all of our discussions happen over on goodreads.com slash swordandlaser or over on our Discord. We'll see you in there. See you next time. Bye. Bye. Like you're there!